0: Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Crystal Chang. Hey there. Tom Chef Shunas, Hey everybody. Also known as Chef. And Kurt Johnston. Hello, hello. Now, Kurt, this is the first time uh, you're it on is, the Rethinking Youth is. Ministry podcast, and we are thrilled to have oh, you thank here. thank you. It's- because... You have been in youth ministry for how long now?
1: Uh, since ni- in youth ministry since 1988. So it'll be 30 years this June.
0: And I know that you have been pastoring at Saddleback Church, which is an amazing church uh, since that time. Now, what, what have you been doing all of those years at Saddleback? Yeah,
1: I haven't been at Saddleback since 88. I've okay. been at Saddleback since 97, so okay. 20 years. And um, I started out as a junior high pastor okay. and I was the junior high pastor only Like Uh just junior high pastor, only one campus for about 14 years of my 20, 13 years of my 20. um, In the last seven, eight years, I've transitioned into student ministry, overseeing junior high and high school. And then we started planting campuses. um, And now I am the next gen. So I kind of give direction to children through college, at 20 campuses, four of which are international.
0: Wow, yeah. wow. And now I know you're not just a pastor, you're also uh, a writer, a speaker. So where are uh, just right here at the top, for those that are interested in finding out some of what you've written in your 20 something years here, where can they find some of those yeah. things?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, it, a lot of it's kind of all over the place, but the best place to get most of it would be if somebody were to just go to group.com Group. or com. simplyyouthministry.com and just really if they search the junior high stuff, um, there's a whole bunch of junior high resources there that I've helped create over the years. Awesome.
0: Um, what are what? What's the what's the resource or book or thing that you're most proud of? Yeah, that, that you can, can I give you two? Yeah. Let's do um, it.
1: W- the one I'm most proud of is probably my very first book that I wrote 15 years ago, Controlled Chaos. Okay. Making sense of junior high ministry. Yeah. Perfect. Um, it's been retitled making. It's now middle school ministry made simple. Okay. Um, that was kind of my blood, sweat, and tears book. Um, the other one I really, really like is a book I wrote with Marco Striker. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of the brain I've heard behind of that project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of the brains; he was the eye candy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we wrote a couple books together. But one of them it was for there's a whole series for for middle school kids, um, and the middle school survival series. And one of them is My Faith, and it's 72 little mini chapters answering 72 questions about faith in Jesus and Christianity written specifically for middle school kids. And I just think if if, if I could put one resource in the hands yeah. of every junior higher in the country, it would be that book.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And I know we'll we'll have links to all that uh, in the show notes, but I just wanted to give uh, everybody listening just a sense of who you are and what you've done over the past 20 something years, because that really is what we're here talking about today. Like that is so so rare. And uh, today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're actually talking about setting yourself up for long-term ministry because we've all heard The statistic, you know, that the average youth pastor, student pastor uh, is in his or her position for 18 months. And whether or not that's exactly true, you know, the facts remain that most youth pastors aren't youth pastors for very long. So if you want to set yourself up for long term ministry with students, how do you do that? That's what we're uh, talking about today, and that's where we're really excited to have Kurt joining us. So, let's just jump into it. I'm going to start with a question. I mean, I know that Crystal, Chef, Kurt, you guys have been doing ministry for a long time, uh, in a good way, a long time, you know, not, not like a long time, uh, but uh, just a good long time. And I want to ask you, what's the number one thing that you wish you knew on day one when you started as a youth pastor?
2: Well, I wish I knew that my life would not always look like it did. When I first started working in the single no kids days, it's um, different phases. They're just yeah. different different yeah. phases, and it would have been great to set some boundaries and make some really good habits early on. Recognizing that one day there would be more people in my life than there were at that exact moment.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's
1: hmm. good. I think you know one thing I wish I knew, which is tough. I started when I was twenty two. I got my first full time youth ministry position. Um, I wish I knew myself better so much of mm. my ministry career has been spent learning about myself and how God's wired me and what my gifts are. And part of that's natural, right? You, you don't know yourself very well at 22. I think I, I, what I would tell my 22-year-old self is, hey, Kurt, learn about yourself, pay mm. attention. Yeah. And don't just kind of get by on your natural raw stuff, but, but pay attention to how God's wired you, what's unique about you, leverage your, your uniqueness and your giftings more effectively.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So to pay
3: attention as you go, yeah. you know, I have a friend who says, um, that he's never seen a great leader who's younger than 35. He's seen very talented hmm. people, but it just takes some time to maybe yeah. to really, so pay attention right? as you go. I think, I mean, maybe this is similar. I'm going to quote Tim Ferriss. People often, <laughs> people <laughs> great, often mess great, our quotes up. Feeling. They, 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 yeah. they mismatch Ferris. our quotes all and the time. <laughs> but, um... You know, he talks about, and you got to be careful as a student pastor saying this, but he talks about protect the asset, protect the <laughs> asset, and his whole point is like your tips. mind, your mind is, yeah, exactly, <laughs> your mind is the primary, you know, asset of your ministry. Your faith, I would right, say, right, is really the thing that you've got to really protect, and, um, I mean, gosh the roadside is littered with oh, bodies of people who you know, sacrifice their own faith mm. for ministry wow. um, because they didn't take care of themselves. They didn't care of their, take care of their body. They didn't get enough sleep along the way. They just, they, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I had my, you know, when I first started at North Point, Andy sits us all down and he says these words. He says, if you think God needs more than 50 hours of your time in a week, your God's not big enough, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was an interesting yeah.
1: point. And quit thinking you can do it all. You can't quit. So just. Something. I like I like what you said about he's never seen a great leader over 35, or younger than 35. Right. It's very interesting because on the one hand, if, if you're not careful, that could be used to put young leaders in their place. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't hey, want to do that. Hey, buddy. Hey, lady. Quit, quit. You know, your time will come. Right. But on the other hand, it allows young leaders to give themselves some grace.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, really hey, good. give
1: yourself some grace. You don't have to rush. You don't have to be awesome at 25. Right. You know, you've know, you got to it, learn. learn. You've got to learn. You've got to pay <laughs> right. attention. But it just allows 25, 26-year-olds to not be there yet. And I think that's yeah. important because we, we want okay it.
3: It's okay to
0: be where you're at. It's yeah. okay to be where you are.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, the research is amazing. The brain research is, I mean, adolescence now, they used to say was over it. Yeah. 16 for yeah. girls, 17, 18 for boys, now they're That's like
1: so not true.
3: Into the mid <laughs> to late 20s, you're still yeah. your brain's still kind of settling in. And yeah
1: which is really weird when you counter that with, but but studies show that puberty is actually engaging earlier yeah. and completing earlier. So yeah. kids mm-hmm. are sort of in the puberty ages earlier and yet adolescence is extending longer. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a really weird dynamic that we're in.
2: And even when those brain connections are finished forming, You haven't had those brain connections for very long. You're
0: learning to drive them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're learning what to do with this brand new brain that you've got. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we just talked about you know, what, what you three wish you knew you know, on day one, and that's almost kind of fast-forwarding to the end. Maybe those, that's some of you know, the application points a little bit, but let's rewind. Let's talk about what's setting up youth pastors for short-term ministry. If we're talking about long-term ministry, what's keeping them from getting there right off the bat? What, what are those short-term ministry uh, indicators?
2: Well, I think for a lot of people in youth ministry, there's a pressure... To build a program entirely around me and my personality and my talents. And when we do that, we will ultimately either cap the growth of our ministry and not mm-hmm. be able to grow past our own abilities. Or we're setting ourselves up for burnout because nobody else can replace me. Nobody else can substitute me. And I just think that's a pressure that, that everybody faces, especially early on when you're trying to prove yourself and you're trying to move forward in your career and you're trying to make sure your senior pastor knows that he didn't make a mistake in hiring you. Yeah. Hmm. That you know you just end up building everything around you and the way that
0: you do things, well, kind of like what we were just saying a minute ago, you might be that twenty five year old youth pastor who is trying to be that thirty five year old great leader mm-hmm. to, a little too early you know you're trying right. to fast forward that process right. a little bit right so what other so what else guys what else well, I
3: think to kind of go along with that you get get help like mm-hmm. um, you know if I, I one real practical thing I think I would have said to myself at the beginning of ministry is. You know, find great folks to walk with kids, and I would also say, um, I would give myself, I would say they're not as cool as you think they are. Like, cool is not near as important as you think it is. I used to go out looking for cool small group leaders, and I thought young and hip was the answer. And I just, you know, sometimes they are, but it has a lot more to do with do they keep showing up, you know, mm. and. After time, that matters. So empty nesters have become, you know, it was like, I just quit trusting my own gut as far as who I think would work. And I look for quality people with integrity who understand this is hard work and long work, and they will probably make it. I would also say trust your gut when it doesn't feel right. If you're trying to find a reason to say no to a volunteer... Then just say no to the volunteer. So
0: you're um, saying the opposite of those things are what you know when that youth leader is looking for. You know, I want the the 19 year old small group leaders or whatever. Uh, that's what's setting them up for failure. You need you're going for you know the the solid tried and true small group leaders rather than some of those opposite things. No, I I mean I just don't. Don't I mean it's
3: you're gonna be looking for small group leaders the rest of your career. You will never Mm -hmm. be done. Like that is that is the job. You're always looking for more leaders, better leaders. And when you know, just as you get that, your ministry grows. You know, somebody gets a DUI, whatever it is. (laughs) You're constantly (laughs) finding new small group leaders, and so that's just part of the job. So don't limit your pool to what you think the kids will love. In reality, what the kids will love is somebody who's committed to them mm-hmm. and understands it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, th- I think um, in addition to what you guys have shared, f- for me, I th- if I were to say, what's setting young leaders up to burn out or yeah, get yeah. out too early or the 18-month yeah. mm-hmm. thing, I believe it or not, I would say maybe being too hungry. Yeah. Um, you know, Patrick Leoncioni, Leoncioni, Leoncini, I don't know how to pronounce his <laughs> yeah. last name. Um, his new book, The Ideal Team Player, mm-hmm. talks about Such the, the virtues book. of the ideal team player are to be humble, hungry, and smart. Um, And I think a lot of young leaders, this was me when I was young, nothing but hungry. I got to prove myself. I got to show the church that they hired the right person when they took a risk on me. Um, And they neglect the humility and the smartness. Smartness not being IQ, but smartness. It's EQ, um, right? It's EQ. And I think so many people don't last in church ministry because they don't have what I call, um, I didn't coin this, I don't think, but. Maybe I did. Um, organizational intelligence. Yeah. They don't have mm-hmm. the intelligence to navigate their churches, their organization's culture. Um, and young people think, man, if I just bust my butt and get attendance up, right. then I'll be, I'll be here for the long. And they wonder, why did I get fired? <laughs> mm-hmm. My numbers are higher than ever. And it's because they're not humble and smart. Mm-hmm. They're hungry, but that's only a third of the equation. Right. Um, and they're, they're, they're kicking against the goads in a whole lot of culture stuff. And and ultimately, you know, churches get kind of tired of trying to pull you into account. Hey, hey, remember, man, we, you know, we work on Mondays. Yeah. Hey, hey, remember, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. you know, we don't wear shorts in the office or, hey, remember, we, you know, after communion, we don't eat the communion bread with junior <laughs> high, whatever it is. And young leaders, you're like, oh, this is all. And we just do. I've never seen a young leader change a church's culture. I've just never seen a young leader change. I've hardly seen any leaders our age change the church's culture. Yeah, and they fight it, fight it, fight it, and then they wonder why it didn't work out. Um, it's it's a, it's a lack of smarts. It's also a lack of humility. So let me
0: ask you a slightly, you know, the three of you a slightly, you know, deeper question into this because I'm hearing, you know, the burnout thing, the personality driven, we're driving, driving, driving. You're talking about you're too hungry. You're busting your butt. Does this just come down to burnout, or is it deeper than that? If you're trying to stay in ministry for the long term. Is it just don't burn out or is there something more to it? Yes.
1: In the most simple terms, don't burn out. Um, And and yes, there's way more to it than (laughs) that. Um, But I mean, honestly, like for me, when people say, hey, how have you lasted so long? 30 Mm -hmm. years, almost 30 years. Um, I used to try to come up with these really deep, meaningful, spiritual answers. And my honest answer now, as I've thought about it is, well, I've just kind of refused to quit. Yeah. Right, because as as you stay in it longer and longer, there's really natural off-ramps Yeah. that nobody would fault you for. So you get into youth ministry and you get married. That would be a natural off-ramp. Hey, I'm getting married, I need to make a little bit more money, maybe have a little bit more stable hours. Nobody would fault you for that. Um, now you're gonna have kids. Hey, you know, my, my we're gonna have kids, my wife wants to maybe work part-time, or I just wanna, whatever it might be, nobody would fault you for that. You turn 40, hey, I'm 40, I've been in it for 15 years, time to maybe slow down, maybe time to actually afford a home, no, <laughs>
0: nobody, <laughs> nobody would fault you, nobody would fault I'm you. 50, I'm 52. I'm tired of sleeping if, in the youth room, let's, yep. let's buy a <laughs> if, house. If
1: I said, hey, 52, there's a natural off-ramp just called yeah. aging out, right? If I, if I left now, not only would people not fault me for it, but they'd give me a standing ovation. Thanks for your years of faithful yeah, service. Right. Um, I haven't survived because I'm the smartest or the best or whatever. I've long term. It's just I re, I I just keep blowing by the off ramps. And as yeah. long as you don't you know have an affair or steal money from the from the offering or whatever, as long as you don't do that. Two stuff, great ideas. <laughs> just like you, you, last by refusing to quit. That's it. Yeah. And and. and, and The burnout plays into that, right? Two questions. First
3: one is What's the next off ramp, Death? Is that where we are at 52? (laughs) No? Yeah, I hope hope
1: there's a few more that that are going to pass by. That was some shame. I I hope there's a few more. (laughs) I mean, he's so
3: old. But
1: (laughs) But, (laughs) 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 hey, no joke. I'm going to quote Kara Powell. I ran into Kara Powell today. I I ran into Kara Powell today. And she's like, Kurt, how old are you? Yeah. And I said, Yesterday was my birthday. I'm 52. And she's like, Whoa. She goes, I would have placed you at 40. No joke. You she did, said yeah. I would have placed you at 40. Well, which I then thought, the ooh, I need bill. I need to grow up. Right. Like, that's twelve years. I'm I'm a little no. bit I'm acting a little bit too young. Well,
3: now. to go with your not quitting thing, you do have you have a personality where you can let stuff go. I mean, if you're if you're somebody who just can't let stuff go, or you can shrug things off, or you're very good at kind of looking at the the perspective of something that I've seen so many yeah. people, they just burn you know they just burn up in just they're just so stressed that someone would ever do something like that they just you know right and they take Mm -hmm. it they take everything so personally
1: and i guess to that i would say the airplane analogy put your own oxygen mask on first right i mean there's a reason why they say if things get crazy yeah put your own oxygen mask on first so that you can take care of all the other stuff that's really important um and i think even no matter how you're wired, it's easier for some than others. Because I'm laid back, yeah. I'm laid back and I'm relaxed. But I'm a driver. I'm just I just have this like relaxed concern. Well, yeah. so I sleep. I mean, I
3: sleep. twice a week I get a call. Hey, I
1: have an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know. So I sleep well. I surf. I do my stuff. Right. But man, you know I'm a I'm a I'm a driver, and I gotta be I gotta be careful. Um, so no matter how you're wired, you gotta you gotta figure out. How do I put my own oxygen mask on first? How do I feed my own soul? How do I get my own time away? How do I make sure that I'm healthy so that I can do everything that the job entails and so that I can last a long mm-hmm. time? Because if you choose to stay in youth ministry for a long time, I'm I'm convinced, and I, I know it's some it's some bias and there's a limited perspective, but I'm convinced youth ministry... Is the toughest, most demanding ministry in the church, maybe short of being the senior pastor who carries the whole burden of everything, but just the funkiness of our job yeah. and the mm-hmm. diversity of what, what we're asked to do mm-hmm. and the hours we keep. Man, if you if you don't have your own oxygen mask on, um, you, you're setting yourself up, CJ, for the burnout. Yeah. That, you know, burnout happens when you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah.
2: Well, one thing I love about what you said about refusing to quit is if you were if quitting's not an option. You have to figure it out when stuff isn't working. Like if, if you're burning out. I never out, said it
1: wasn't an option. I just said I haven't done it yet. <laughs> it's always an option. Quitting if you decide
2: to refuse to quit, then you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. Right. If dying's not an option, you have to put right. your own oxygen mask on first and figure out what's causing burnout and put systems in place and find volunteers because there's no other off-ramp for you.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I think mean, this might be spinning the tables a little bit, but I also think there's some people in youth ministry who maybe shouldn't be. I mean, it's okay mm-hmm. to be in it for 18 months. I, I, most of us, almost everybody is passing through youth ministry. It's just for some, it's a longer pass through than others, but I probably won't die a youth pastor. I'm, I, I, I hope I do, but I probably won't. I'm probably passing through. Um, and what that means is there will be an off-ramp for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so staying a long time is great. The only thing worse than staying a long time is staying too, too long, long. No, when, when you, when you shouldn't great, be in yeah, Right.
0: Do you think it's bad to, you know, if you're a youth pastor and you do see it as a short term, like this is, this is the season I'm in, but I'm trying to- This is a stepping stone. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. Do you think there's danger in that while, while we're on that topic? Well,
3: I, I think there's danger in it if you're constantly going into work hoping for the next thing.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that, that you're not going to be a great youth ministry, you know? I mean, so I think people talk, well, I'm called to be a lead pastor. Well, a lot of calling has to do with your opportunity and God's been clear. You, If you do well with what you've been entrusted with now, you'll be given more, you know? And I'm, I don't even know that it's more, it's different, whatever else, but, you know, your job is to take care of what's been put in front of you as far as the opportunity goes. But you can tell when someone's looking past
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: What they're currently doing. The kids can tell when someone's looking mm-hmm. past what they're currently right. doing. And chances are, if you're constantly looking past what you're currently doing, you're not going to get asked to do what's next because right. it's, you're just not going to be right. great at it. Now, you might be a great communicator. You might get, you know, where you get, but
1: you can't look past it. And yes, and everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. And the nature of the beast is, and it used to bother me, but now I go, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Understandably so, youth ministry is a safe place for a church to hire somebody out of the gate. Um, children's ministry is risky, right? There's liabilities. The, the, I mean, you, a lot more can go wrong in kids' ministry. Not too many <laughs> yeah. churches are hiring a 22-year-old to be their adult <laughs> discipleship pastor. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, your, your ministry career has to start somewhere. And so it starts for most of us in youth ministry. And for some people... It's a shorter tenure than others and God moves him through it to whatever he has next and I think that's right. natural and good and healthy unless you're looking for what's next right. or unless you get out when you didn't need to mm-hmm. you burned out or you, you, you flamed yeah. out you, you messed up you you did boneheaded things then that's unfortunate because maybe God wanted you in it for 10 years and you only lasted three because mm-hmm. of whether it's moral stuff or just or maybe just your own pace you you, yeah. you, were, you were too yeah. hungry too early and you and you you know you couldn't make it.
0: So we're talking. We, we've touched on burnout quite a bit here. You know that maybe it's that kind of slow fade out. But what about what about that student pastor who's like, I've already passed that eighteen month mark. In fact, I've been doing well, this for four or five years. Here's what and, I'd say
3: about all of that. Like, I think student ministry is the best place to prepare to lead a church right? because it mm-hmm. is a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a group of you have a group of parishioners. You're doing programming. You're doing care ministry. You're getting volunteers to lead groups, and you're casting vision to those folks. You're worried about budgets. I mean, the only thing you probably aren't doing is um, fundraising. Mm-hmm. But for the but you are leading a church. You have to talk, You have to be able to speak with vision. You have to teach yourself to get. So I would say to that person, there is plenty. To learn
1: all around you that will prepare you for what's next. So. I think you're doing lots of fundraising. It's just a sucky kind of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's car washes, like right. <laughs> right pasta dinners, <laughs> right. Where It'd the be pastor so gets to go out can and I talk I to. Go her. to dinner with my. Am, I, am I allowed to say add sucky on the podcast? Instead of seventy
3: hours of work
0: on the cheese sauce of. Because the time from a fifteen year old sale? isn't helpful. So, but what about that? That what I was kind of steering us, and I like that you paused me, Chef. You know, that was great. Um, But Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is for that pastor that um, has been doing this three or four or five years and things are fine, what do they need to be on the lookout for that could derail them that they might not see coming? Because now you guys are way past that mark. You've got the benefit of hindsight. Uh, A pastor that's doing this three or four or five years doesn't have that benefit yet.
1: Well, and there's, it's interesting because you could, I could have had a 30 year youth ministry career, but I could have done that 30 years in 15 churches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Which is hooray for a 30 year youth ministry career. Interesting. 15 churches. So there's almost two sets of skills, right? Mm -hmm. There's a set of skills of how do you just make it long-term in ministry in general? And then how do you last in one context for as long as possible? Um, and that goes back, you know, I'll, I'll stand on the soapbox all day long, all the time about your church's DNA and your church's culture. It's the, it's the it's the unwritten rules that get you every time. Yeah, You know, yep. the written rules, we, we're all smart enough to kind of follow the written rules, the unwritten stuff, um, or to phrase it another way is if you don't know the wins. So mm-hmm. I'll talk to youth pastors a lot yeah. and they're frustrated. And one of the reasons they're frustrated is they have a different win than their supervisor.
0: Yeah, that's great. You
1: know, and, th- and they're like, man, we, we took, we had more kids than ever at camp this summer, but nobody cares. What do they care about? Ah, they just keep asking me how many kids got baptized. Mm. Well, there you go. There's the win. Like, why don't you just switch? Because if you baptize a lot of kids and you hit that win, then you can do everything else that's important to you. Mm-hmm. So hit hit. figure out what are the one or two wins at your church. You hit those consistently, and then you can do everything else that's, that you're passionate about, that you believe in. Um, call it politics, call it smart, right? Hungry, humble, smart, but mm-hmm. do the hard work of going, I'm going to do a couple things that matter most to my church. And then, and then that will give me the freedom to do everything else that I love that they don't really care that much about, but it brings me joy and I know it's healthy youth ministry. I think you can last in youth ministry a long time without figuring that out. Hmm. But if you don't figure that out, you'll go from church to church to church and you'll That's be great. frustrated yeah. oftentimes.
3: Well, you're gaining influence as you do the things that, that they wanna see or that they qualify as success, right? right? So you're being wise. It doesn't mean you're not celebrating the things you feel are important. And I mean, getting back, getting kids baptized is a good example because it's a number many people count I and mean, you gotta be super careful about right. about it to hit certain numbers, but... You know, if that's what they want to see, then that's what you report, and you could, so, well, you you said could you still be celebrate. Super the careful, camp.
1: so I shouldn't like no, baptize I shouldn't baptize the same kid. Right. kid Read like
0: kind of <laughs> like altar calls, recommitments. <laughs> right. Are you ready come, to come re- to the re- water one more time? time. The yeah. bus is away right. one more time. Baptism <laughs> well, on I mean, demand anybody. tonight, kids. <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> the the water is warm. The water is
2: warm. But I think it also takes, and I like that you said it smart. It also takes a a big dose of humble. To yeah. put somebody else's goals in front of your own, yeah. especially when that somebody is, is the boss and you may or may not disagree with them, I think that's a healthy exercise, even if they're wrong. Right. To choose to put their goals ahead of my own goals because they might know something that I don't know.
1: But man, that is a that is a discipline mm-hmm. that's hard yeah, for it leaders. Is. It's hard. The younger you are, um, and then depending on how you're wired, because that it's 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 selflessness. Mm-hmm. Um, what's helped me in that, because I can be a pretty selfish leader. Like I know what I want to do. You know, I've used your thing a thousand times chef T-Rex got to hunt T-Rex. I always, I always give you credit. Um, <laughs> but you know, the way I'm wired, like I, I gotta do the, I gotta do what I'm wired to do and submitting, which is a word we hate, but submitting to the larger vision, the context, um, is tough, but, but vital. And in the short term, it's painful but I think one of the keys to longevity is to have a long view. You know, the trajectory trajectory of our ministry career is really long. And if we're not careful, man, we get fixated on that one thing that just bugs us about our church. That one time, Oh, they just never said thank you about, and we, we just chew on that and chew on it um, in a way that we would never want to be the case in our, in our marriage or any of that. Right? Like don't chew on that kind of stuff. Um, And it, people jump off ship because they have a a short view and the, Mm -hmm. the, 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 present conflict, the present frustrations outshine the, the trajectory that we're on. Yeah. Mm. Wow.
3: You know, one thing that I think helped me was I'm not good at a lot. So I always felt like, you know, like I, I shouldn't be the guy who's up there and, you know, highlighted. and And so, but what it did for me was I changed my... What I qualified as success was not necessarily that I got to do some things, but that I built a ministry that would work without me. So it was kind of mm. like, I, I don't know why or where this came from, but I always felt like what my ministry looks like two years after I leave it will be mm. a better report card of what it looks like mm. now while I'm here, yeah. of how I did as a leader as far as what I was stewarded. Had I given away leadership to the right folks? Had I created systems that would go beyond me? you know, Would the kids even care that I left? You know, Might hurt my feelings, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you've always been so good at that. You you put you put people on stage. You you've done, and, and every time I go to you know, to see your church, you're rarely. I think I saw you one time like right. I actually speak, and um. But you're putting people up there. But you're you created a system where other people are in the ministry's Great, you sure. know what I mean. Sure. So,
1: yeah. Um. And you know, one of the things I think as you're as you, because I think there's there's phases. Not to not. I'm gonna use that phrase completely out of context, but the, there's phases in youth ministry too. And yeah. and there is a danger phase of, hey, I've made it, CJ, you're talking earlier, I've made it five years, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And one of the dangers of that youth ministry middle age <laughs> is, you know, if, if, if you're, my, what I say all the time is you just, you don't have to be a home run hitter. If you just consistently hit singles in your church, but you can be counted on to hit singles, you're gonna stay there a long time. They're gonna love mm-hmm. you for a long time. And what'll happen is they never take anything off your plate, they just keep adding more and more. I'm not a home run hitter, but I hit singles a lot. I hit a lot of singles. And they've just, nothing's ever been taken off my plate. Mm-hmm. I just keep getting more and more and more and more added on. Um, and what can happen there is you start losing sight of some of the stuff that you love. Yeah. You, know, you kind of outgrow good old fashioned yeah. youth mystery and then discontent or a lack of lack of purpose or I don't get to do. And so one of the things I've purposely done is I talk to people about this too, is hold on to some stuff Yeah, because we, we've all been trained, give it away, give it away. You got to multiply yourself. I mean, if you're holding on, you're the bottleneck and that's all true, but there's gotta be, what are two or three things that you just freaking love? Thing. You might not even yeah. be better at it than everybody else, but it brings you joy. Um, and so as the middle in the in the early years, you got to be careful. But as you get older, you've kind of earned the right to hold on to some stuff that when you put your head on your pillow at the end of the night, you go, man, this thing's crazy. Uh, am I still called to this? But you you get to do a few things that you love, and that's kind of keeps keeps that little fire burning in you. So
0: Kurt, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something here, and this is for free. So earlier you said say <laughs> say, <you>. say, <laughs> say no to the off ramp. What yeah. you're talking about now is stay stay in your lane, stay in the right lane, stay in the the lane that you want to be in. Yeah, Yo, and good, hold up. Yeah. To, thank so you. there thank you Thank you, go. you CJ. You go. I'll, we'll I'll, edit this yeah. out so you can just you can use that for free later on. <laughs> Um, but as we get closer to wrapping up here, I do have a big final question here. Um, you know, the, this whole topic is, you know, setting yourself up for long-term ministry. Um, but what we're talking about is not just long-term ministry, but long-term effective ministry. So, as we, as we, you know, wrap up, how does the youth leader, the student pastor listening right now set themselves up for long-term effective ministry? What are your final thoughts? And maybe what are, what's your practical, okay, here's something to start, to start doing to help ensure that you can do this for the long, long haul.
1: Hmm. I, I think, and this will sound so, this first part will sound so spiritual, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. We, we can, um, we can
0: talk about spiritual things. I, I would, I would <laughs> say three things.
1: I'd say three things. Know Jesus. Like, like just be in love with Jesus. Okay. I like just, it's, it's just remember what it's all about. Know yeah. Jesus, know yourself, to thine own self be true. Your gifts, what brings you joy, what you can do, what you can't do, be be comfortable in your own skin and know your church. That's great. Know your church. Know Jesus, know yourself and, and know your church.
2: Kurt, you you mentioned that knowing yourself is a big deal. What would you recommend for a young leader in the early years who who's like, I, I don't yet know myself. What do sure, I do?
1: Sure. Man, I would I would recommend any one of the top five kind of personality profiles. Um, the two that I love, Enneagram and Strength Finder. Enneagram's my favorite, partly because you have to remember like one or two numbers, and it's pretty easy. Yeah. What's um, your number, Kurt? Seven. A strong Nine. seven. <laughs> a seven with
0: an eight. I'm um, an uh, eight-wing. We'll have to do an episode on the Enneagram at yeah, some the point. Enneagram's great. I have so, no
1: idea what it so is. So take those tests, um, and then also ask people like, don't be afraid to take people out to lunch and go, kind of that 360 evaluation, yeah. you know? Hey, yeah, we, yeah, hey yeah, what, about that what are my blind spots? What are the quirks? What are things yeah. I do that just annoy people? Take your senior pastor out to lunch and say, hey, can you speak into me? Where, am I, where are my leadership weaknesses? What am I really good at? Like, what, what, where, what do I add to this, to this team? Just be constantly learning about yourself. It's scary because it's uncomfortable. And there's, for everything you like about yourself, you know, the Enneagram, what I love about it is it talks about your, your fatal flaw, like your, your, <laughs> right. your terrible yeah. sin. So I'm a seven. So my, my fatal flaw is um, gluttony because I love life, hmm. right? So the more of life I can get, the better. So if it's hmm. good, I want more, 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 more. Well, that's a, anyway, I digress. Yeah.
0: I digress. No, that's great because I think, you know, we talk about some of those personality tests all the time, you know, just as a culture and as a, you know, a a church body, but so many of us don't actually, we hear, oh, that's a great idea, but we never actually do it. Well, self-examination is yeah, a little intimidating. It could could be a difference maker. Yeah. How do you actually do this now? Long-term effective ministry. It could be high level. It could be practical.
2: I think I would say two things. One would be, Get some time outside your ministry to set up some systems just for longevity. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to do it in the middle of it. And we all know that it's hard to do it when the phone's ringing and the email is, is pinging you and parents are standing at your door and your senior pastor's calling. I get it. Um, sometimes you got to get outside the door to work on it. But it's so important because because not only are we protecting our own longevity, but there are people watching us in ministry and they are... Our volunteers and there are our, our staff members and there are interns and there are students watching how we live and it will ultimately be how they decide to live. And so so I think it's it's a big responsibility for us to, to be good stewards of what we've been given. And then the other thing I think I would say um, to a young leader and to a, and to a young me is just give yourself some grace. Mm. Give yourself some room mm. to mess up. Yeah. My, uh, my first teaching mentor recognize some things in me that I didn't recognize yet and one of those was was a little addiction to perfection. And she <laughs> a
3: little,
2: <bit> <laughs> a little addiction to yeah. perfection and she said to me, hey as you as you walk into the classroom the first time, here's what I want you to remember if nobody goes to the hospital or needs long-term counseling because of what you did to them this year that's a, a win it's a good <laughs> night that's a win celebrate for a first year <laughs> teacher <laughs> she said don't aim for anything else anything everything else after that's a bonus but give yourself space to be a mess the first year
0: that's great that's great, that's so great. chef what about you Long, thoughts
3: on well, i keep going back to the gift thing but kind of the other side of the gift thing you know what your gifts are and realize all of us are only good at two or three mm. things. like I mean, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. it. So, and that's the model. That's the model of leadership that Jesus introduces us to in the upper room that, mm. hey, you know, the helper's coming so, it so will be better you. because I mentioned Jesus, you. So you gotta like I've gotta up you. <laughs> go better Jesus oh, on here, I'm going, <laughs> yeah.
1: <Let's>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, and then we, then the apostle Paul teaches us about the gifts and that yeah. the this is how yeah. the body of Christ works and this is how it's supposed to work. So when we feel like we're supposed to be all things, hmm. it's not good for us, it's not good for hmm. the church. And so, you know, like lean into your gifts, find help so, outside yeah. of that. So
1: you're saying as quickly as possible.
3: I mean, like find help from day well, one. I mean, even if you, I yeah. mean, we keep talking about how you, you can learn about yourself no matter how young you are. And there are th- like, I am not a free throw shooter. I need someone mm-hmm. to shoot free throws for me. It's just what, I mean, that's an easy, it's just not gonna, <laughs> I, I can't, it's terrible. I'm a swimmer, you know, it's the way it goes. But, you know, when it comes to leadership and stuff, and you know different.
1: We got we got like we got to wrap this up. I have I'm thinking of you in a speedo right now. No joke. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> Easy. Not, it's not even a bit. Oh, like right. I, like I honestly was thinking about you that's in a speedo. Which is and now weird. we all are. Weird. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? Sorry. It's late. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? Midnight or something? It's, it's going on 11:30. On oh
0: yeah. that's gracious. So now it's great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this conversation. And you know uh, it is late. So when you said 11:30, we're not talking 11:30 a.m. We're, we're talking about 11:30 p.m. Uh, and that's just because uh, Kurt's a, in town and we. we dirty
1: South, guys. We wanted to make this happen. Now you guys roll. Is that the context of Dirty South? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's working hours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, working.
0: But. We have a lot of fun here. And Kurt, we are so grateful that you joined us for well, this very for late thanks episode. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys. And uh, thank you for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through whatever app you're listening to this. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make this podcast better. And finally, to check out all the great resources that we mentioned in this episode, we mentioned a lot of things. We'll have all of that nice and neatly compiled for you in our episode show notes. And you can check those out by visiting rethinkingym.org. That's also where we'll have links to all of Kurt's stuff, his social media. You'll find all of that stuff there as well. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Crystal. I'm Chef. I'm Kurt. And thank you for listening.